This is Angela Hauser with your Disclosure News Online nightly newscap, designed for those who want an audio roundup and recap of the highlighted stories of the past 24 hours, or in the case of a Monday, we recap what went on over the weekend. So now here's your newscap for the evening of Monday, February 2nd, 2015. It was another somewhat low-key weekend for news in the area, but the earlier story on Saturday came to us from the heartland, where up in Crawford County, yet another burglar has been sentenced. Punky-looking Curtis Willard Craig, age 25, has been sentenced to Illinois Department of Corrections after agreeing to a plea of guilty on a petition to revoke a probation entered as sentence in a 2013 burglary. The probation violation was filed in December of 2014. It came after an August misdemeanor charge of aggravated assault of a peace officer, which was dismissed in exchange for the plea. Under the plea agreement, Craig has been sentenced to a term of four years in Illinois Department of Corrections with two years mandatory supervised uh, release, otherwise known as parole, to follow. Craig was also ordered to pay $1,983 in fines and fees, all of which, surprisingly, has been paid, and which probably means he has a family member or a well-heeled baby mama who hasn't faced the truth about his criminal inclinations yet. Willard there is the fourth burglar in recent weeks that Crawford has sentenced. Let's hope they're running out of them. Then, in just a little while after that story Saturday, we learned that there had been a murder-suicide late the night before, wherein... Daniel Blaze, 42, and Amy Smith Blaze, 43, both of Marion, were found dead in their home south of Marion, about five miles, under circumstances that the locals appear to want to keep very quiet, as they always do, and which no one could figure out at first. In a murder-suicide, you always want to know who the murderer is who ultimately killed him or herself. No one was coming off this Saturday. No one seemed willing to tell how the hell authorities just knew to show up at this home on Aaron Trail, five miles south of Marion, shortly before midnight, and discovered the bodies. No one would be inclined to let the public know how long the bodies had been there. You know, things that everyone has natural curiosity about, and if those go unaddressed for too long, speculation creeps in. But finally, a British news outlet got to the bottom of it. Mr. Blaze apparently shot his wife, then turned the gun on himself, and this with a 15-year-old son in the house. So apparently it was the 15-year-old who made the report, and police responded to that. Now, wouldn't that have been easier to disseminate? But no, not Marion. They gotta be all mysterious. Anyway, now all we don't know is why. And that, no doubt, will be a matter of speculation for a while. Unless someone comes off that, too. Then, in another very weird circumstance, there was an Amber Alert issued at some point in time Saturday. Yes, here's another one of these vague things. And yes, since it's coming out of Effingham County, that'd be why. When a 13-year-old girl went missing there that day, the girl, Rebecca New, was last seen Saturday morning when she was dropped off by her parents somewhere, no one saying where, with a 60-year-old guy, Stephen Larson, who owns a couple of karate studios and is Rebecca's instructor, so I guess we can surmise that she was going to a lesson? Don't know. Anyway, however this next thing came about, Larson's vehicle was spotted at the Amtrak station in Effingham later that same morning, and a note was supposedly found that indicated that the two had left the area together headed for Chicago. Who wrote the note? Where was it found? Who found it? What did it say? Can we even have a hint? No? No. And yet, 
Some vague something in the notes indicated to police that Rebecca was in danger. So that's when the Amber Alert was issued. Confused yet? It doesn't get any better. They weren't found in Chicago. They were found in Sykeston, Missouri, at a motel. Rebecca was taken to a local hospital, ostensibly so a rape kit could be done on her, and Larson was taken into custody. Sunday, very early in the morning, a warrant for Larson's arrest was issued, and he's being charged with two counts of kidnapping or secretly confining someone, both Class II felonies, and he's being held on a quarter-million-dollar bond. It's unclear if he's going to be charged with anything in Missouri. The whole thing is unclear. No one is saying. And yet, this is another example of why authorities should be a little more clear. The suspect knows what he did. The victim knows what happened. The friends and family know. It's all going to come out at prelim, so why mess around, right? Just tell us what's going on, and we'll all get on with our lives. And then today, in a situation that we all almost know too much about, Timothy Going, it was announced, was finally sentenced in his perverse case of videotaping young girls in locker rooms and hotel bathrooms. Going, now 44, formerly a track coach, was busted a year ago when a custodian at Fairfield Community High School in Wayne County found a recording device in the girls' locker room. Further investigation found that he was retaining filmed antics of partially clothed young girls at FCHS, as well as some he'd taken to out-of-area track meets. For all his surreptitious activity, Going got 20 years in federal prison across the four indictments he was charged with last May. He's to serve 15 years parole after that. He's going to be an old man, albeit a dirty one, when it's all over. But only $1,200 poorer, as that's what his total fines and fees are. The feds don't play, but they do apparently play on a less expensive field than most of the state courts. And that's it for your cap. We're off on more adventures tomorrow, and I'll be back tomorrow night. In the meantime, this has been Angela Hauser for your February 2nd Disclosure News Online Nightly Newscap. <laughs>